Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. This is Jim Simcoe, trying something new today. I'm actually videotaping the podcast, so if you're watching the video, what's up? How you doing? This is my office that I'm standing in, and there's a surfboard and Tom Brady in the back, and Buddha, and my citrine, and football statues, and pictures of the family. Um, it is December 29th, so a couple of days before New Year's. I had a lot of great things happen this year. I want to thank you all for listening. It's been really fun being your host and being your your uh, your uh, host, I guess. I would think of something else to say, but I don't know what it is. It's actually kind of funny videotaping myself because I'm talking as I'm looking at myself. Anyway, thank you for a wonderful year. I'll get right into the podcast in a minute, but one thing I want to mention is we have a lot of really exciting things coming up in the new year. I'm going to be doing another Hero Up Summit. That's the first thing. I also have a coaching club called The Hero 100 that I'm going to be launching next month. I'll tell you more about that in a future podcast. And uh, I wanted to ask you a favor. So I, I get a lot of great emails from you guys. I get a lot of great comments from you guys. But I would really appreciate it if you'd be willing to write a review on iTunes. That really helps the show and helps us get found by other people and other listeners. So thank you so much. And I'll tell you that if you write a review and you email me and let me know that you sent a review, then I'm going to send you an official Hero Up Summit journal. So this is the ones that we actually used at the summit uh, a couple months ago, and I'm going to send it to you. It's really cool. It's a really, really cool thing. So anyway, happy to send that out to you, but let's get right into the podcast, okay? So this podcast is all about how to crush it in 2018. And what I will say before we start is because I am videoing it, I have my notes right there. <clears throat> so occasionally you're going to see me talk and then go like this, talk and go like this, which is where I'm pointing to, pointing to the notes. But so anyway, <clears throat> this podcast is all about how to crush it in 2018. So I've got about 10 steps that I think that are really valuable to help you really win at life in 2018, really make 2018 the best year of your life. So let's get, let's get right into it. So the very first one is to set goals early, right? So regardless of where you are in your life, set goals, both on a weekly, monthly, and an annual basis. And one of the things that helps me out a ton in goal setting is to set them on a daily basis as well and set three goals. So I only set three goals every day. So I have a I have sticky notes that I put on my computer and I really only write down three things that I'm trying to accomplish in that day when I get to work. And and quite honestly, if I accomplish those, I think of the day as being successful. I think it's too easy to get so bogged down in your to-do list and in your you know action items and you have 50 things on your list and you don't really know where to start or um, how to make them all work. So I would tell you, set three goals a day and consider it a just an awesome thing if you get all three of them done. Okay, so set those every day. And the, really, there are two kinds of goals you can set. There are regular goals and there are stretch goals. And because I do CrossFit a lot, um, I can use that. I use that as an example. So as a regular goal for me, one of my goals this year or last year was to get my squat, which is the, you know, bar on your back, squat down, um, get my squat above, uh, my body weight. And I weigh about 185 pounds. So I just wanted to get it above 185 pounds, which considering I've had two knee surgeries and a back surgery, 
that would be, you know, kind of a big deal for me, right? So what I was really stoked about was that my stretch goal was to get over 200 pounds. And I was able to hit my stretch goal this year and I was super stoked on it. If I wasn't able to hit my stretch goal and really could only get uh, 185 pounds, I'd still be excited about that. Don't get me wrong. I still would have been super stoked to hit that, but it was really fun to hit the stretch goal too. So have a couple different types of goals that you're shooting for. Have a stretch goal and also have a... Um, have a regular goal as well. And I, would, I, I personally like to do goals in a variety of different aspects of your life, career, health, relationship, money, you name it. So come up with a, uh, uh, come up with a list and throw them in your notebook. We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, I think having a couple of different types of goals is really key. The second thing is that, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, then you're probably into personal development and self-help, which is awesome, right? This information, whether it's, doesn't matter where you get it, on a podcast, in a book, seminar, whatever, it can really come at you kind of like water in a fire hose, right? Like so much of it comes at you at once and someone says, you know, follow this system and follow that system and do this, don't do this. Here are your eight steps to start in the morning, da 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 And so what I would tell you is to break your self-development down into chunks. So think of it kind of like the seasonality, the way like, you know, people talk about farm to table food, right? Like, so blueberries are really good in March and apples are really good in the fall. Break your development down into chunks and focus on a different part of your life, depending on the different time of the year. So like, again, being January, focus on goals. What are you trying to achieve this year? Maybe in February, you focus on your relationship because Valentine's there. Uh, And in March, maybe it's health. But I would look at it in terms of like, hey, this is the month that I'm really going to focus on this one aspect. And obviously, that one aspect will help you in every other aspect of your life, but it allows you to, instead of trying to drink from a fire hose, it allows you to really focus in one area and get results and see results in one area. Um, So I would do that. So that's breaking your development into chunks. The third thing, this is something I believe in strongly and have been doing for a while, is to get a daily journal and write in it every morning. So I got this awesome code and quill notebook, which is, if I can find it, I'm going to disappear from the video for a second. It's this notebook, code and quill. I love these guys. They haven't emailed me back yet about maybe doing some sponsorship stuff together, but this notebook, it's fantastic. I'll show you kind of like the inside, what it looks like. But anyway, Code and Quill Notebook, I write in it every morning. It's the first thing I do in the morning when I get up. I go straight to the kitchen table, pull my journal out, and start writing in it. I think what this does, or what this will do for you, is very similar to what it's done for me. It's allowed me to get things out of my head and onto a sheet of paper, and then also have a record of how I was thinking. And And I can go back in time and kind of look at like, what my mood was like, what was I feeling, you know, what was stressing me out, what were the things I'm super happy about, what was going on, what were some of the wins, and you could be, because you forget little pieces of your life that can be super joyful to look back on, and I'll give you an example, my youngest daughter and I have something we call the Aries Club, because we're both born in March, and it's just another little way of us connecting, you know, like, Connecting with an eight-year-old sometimes isn't the easiest thing at all. So we have this, just this thing we call about Aries Club. And so I was journaling one morning and I was remembering that the night before that she was talking about something she wanted to do in the Aries Club and how we were going to like have a new language just for us. 
And it was like a really small thing, but in writing it down, it reminded me and solidified my feelings about what had happened the day before. And it happened a couple months ago, and I looked back on it yesterday when I was when I was going through the notebook. And it was just a cool memory. It was just a cool memory of me and my kid that probably, you know, she's probably going to forget about, um, but we'll always have that. So it's, it's a good way to get everything out of you, get it on the page. Um, I think sometimes you see that, you know, you'll see some patterns in your own life. Like you'll, I know that with me personally, when I'm eating a lot of sugar or I'm really stressed out, you know, my, my mood in my journal is just like not good. And I see like things that are not, you know, maybe not the most positive things in the world that I'm thinking. But another times when I'm getting a lot of sleep and my relationship is good and I'm working out, the journal's super positive. So it's just a good way to track how you're doing. Um, I think instead of, I think so many of us walk around with so much stuff in our heads and having a daily journal is something that allows us to get out of our heads and move on with our life. So that is number three. Number four, I've talked about this before. I actually did a whole podcast on this before, but I would suggest you highly suggest that in the month of January that you write a personal manifesto, write a personal manifesto, keep it at your desk, keep it on you, keep it in your car, keep it by uh, where you sleep, your night, ta- your night table or whatever at night. And in our last Hero Up Summit, I had the people who came to the summit do this. And, now, and that was one of the things that they said was the most impactful things for them was to write a personal manifesto because a personal manifesto tells you a little bit about what you want more of in your life, what you want less of in your life, what path you're committing to, what are your commitments, who do you want to spend more time with, what are the things you don't want to do, what are some of your goals for the year, uh, what are some of your life goals, like how do you choose to live, what are your beliefs, like what do you believe in, what don't you believe in, all of those. Um, I'll include a link to my personal uh, manifesto and that last podcast that we did on it, but I highly, highly recommend it. It's something that just really allows you to clarify your life. And then you can determine things that are either on your yes list or on your no list. One of the things, as an example for me, when I wrote mine, I wrote mine when, you know, things weren't, you know, quite honestly, weren't just, weren't going that great. One of the things on there for me was I didn't want to spend as much time in front of the computer as I was spending at that at that point in time. And I find now that I look back on it, I wrote it in 2016, I found that like right around that time is when I stopped spending so much time on in front of the computer and I was able to make that change in my life. So it's pretty cool. So write a personal manifesto, keep it at your desk, keep it near you, keep it somewhere you can refer back to it. Um, it doesn't take that long to do it. And quite honestly, if you are in the not greatest place in your life, it's that's probably the best time to do it uh, is when you're stressing out about things because it really will clarify how you are choosing to live your life. Because here's the thing, if you're not making a choice, an active choice on how you're choosing to live your life, then you are letting life just sort of happen to you. And you are acting in a reactionary way as opposed to proactively living your life. So write a personal manifesto. And if you want, send it to me. I'd love to see it. I think it. I think they're so cool. I've seen them, and I just think they're so great. Okay, number five. Here's number five. Is to, in this next year, to really make this a kick-ass year and really get the most out of this year, I highly recommend that you be op- opportunistic, but not stupid. And here's what I mean by that. So... Maybe you're not in a job you love. Maybe you're not uh, in a relationship you like and you think you want to make a change, right? Be opportunistic and see the trends around you 
but be able to act on the trends that make the most sense. Okay. If you are in an environment where, um, you know, you see everyone, we'll, we'll use personal investing as an example. You're in an environment where everyone around you is talking about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these other things and telling you you should invest in those things. Okay. You can do that, right? Because that would be something that would be an opportunistic thing to do. However, is it the smartest thing for you to do? Like, do you understand cryptocurrencies? Do you understand how Bitcoin works? Do you understand that market and how a deregulated currency, how you can invest in it? Can you use Bitcoins anywhere? All of those things. Now, the answer, you know, if you do understand all of it and you do see a trend in it, then you, you know, and you want to invest in it, then yeah, be opportunistic because you're not being stupid. Personally, for me, if I invested in Bitcoin, it would be me being stupid because I don't get it. I don't understand how my money's stored in a computer somewhere in South Korea and I own it, but I can't use it and I can't spend it. But someday I might be able to spend it if someone doesn't steal it from the bank that I put it in. And this is all deregulated and get. So I'm not going to be stupid because I don't get it. On the flip side, if you look at people who invest in marijuana stocks, right? We're talking about the investing example. Marijuana, which has been largely decriminalized, and the trend shows that more and more people really don't care if other people smoke or if they smoke. Um, so it's been, society has sort of accepted it. It's being decriminalized. There are 25 states that uh, allow it recreationally and medicinally. So you can kind of see the trend that marijuana as a market is going to continue to increase. So I'm not telling you should buy marijuana stocks, but that is something that probably makes a little bit more sense and allows you to be more opportunistic because it's something that you can understand, right? Like people who smoke it, whether from uh, medicinal reasons or for medical reasons, that trend is probably going to continue to go up. Um, it's something that's super easy to understand ever since, you know, you probably saw it for the first time in college or, you know, in your early twenties or I don't know. I mean, it's probably a slippery slope and probably a topic for a different day, but anyway, be opportunistic, see the trends around you and see the things that are actually going to be long-term, uh, have a long-term impact in your life and see if you can get ahead of that curve somehow. And, you know, going to that example, Bitcoin may not be here in two months. It may not be be here in two years, but there's probably strong in, there are strong indications that the marijuana industry probably is. So that's, that's a trend that's probably worth following a little bit more. So anyway, be opportunistic, uh, but don't be, don't be stupid. Don't do something uh, with investing or with your job or relationship, don't do something just because you think it might be a good idea. Make sure you understand it first. Like Warren Buffett always used to say, like he never invested in anything unless he understood it. And that's why he missed a lot of the tech, uh, tech boom um, because he didn't invest in those companies. And then when they crashed, he also didn't, you know, didn't lose any money because he just didn't play. And that's kind of how I feel about certain things. There's certain things I don't understand. I just don't do them. And I highly recommend that because I see more people who make mistakes in their life because of something like they bought a real, you know, they bought a, you know, they got involved in a real estate deal that they didn't know anything about. And it's 
condos in Mexico in an unregulated area and unpermitted and they put a hundred grand into it and they lost everything. And I'm like, well, did you understand it when you went into it? Did it make sense to you to do condos in the middle of the forest in Mexico? It's like, well, no, it didn't. Well, why'd you do it then? Because there's better ways to spend your money. So anyway, be be opportunistic, not stupid. Um, Number six, I'm cranking right through these. Uh, Release past regret and release shame, okay? So the thing about shame and the thing about regret is it's like having a weight on your shoulders. You can feel it in your neck. You can feel it in your upper body. It's the worst thing in the world. I know it. I'm Italian. I was raised Catholic uh, on the East Coast, and I'm half Italian. So we are really good at guilt. We are really good at regret, and we're really good at shame. And I went through a lot of that um, when we lost a lot of our, uh, you know, we, during the recession, we lost a ton of money. And, and so I still carry a pretty certain amount of regret and shame around that. And what I can tell you is it's incredibly debilitating to your future and to what you want to do in your future. Because if you're always holding on to something, you really never can um, move forward. And so it's kind of like Kylo Ren said in Star Wars, let go of the past Kill it if you have to. And I believe so strongly in that. And I'm not someone who's perfect at this, but I highly, highly recommend do whatever you can to let go of whatever uh, regret and shame that you have. And I think that this time of year, being in January, is such a great time to do that because it's so easy to look back at the past year and say like, oh, I should have done this. I wish I bought that house. I wish I made more money. I should have done this in my relationship. I should have had this. You know, I should have gone on this vacation. It's so easy to do that, and the word should is such an uh, insidiously bad word, in my opinion, because it just implies like these are, oppor- you know, these are things that you missed out on that you failed at and you didn't do. So leave regret, leave shame behind. Uh, we can do it together because I'll work on it and you work on it, okay? Uh, by the way, if you are liking this podcast so far, um, if you like the video of it, I want to s- uh, spend a, s- a special shout out to my buddy Joe at Average Joe No More, his podcast show. He came to the Hero Up Summit. And when he came into our office to record a podcast with me, we stood up. So this is the, very, this is the second podcast I've ever done in my life, standing up. Joe, if you're listening, I love it. You're a madman. And thank you very much for introducing me to this, this, this way of doing, doing a podcast. Okay, number seven, commit to saying no way more this year. Okay, so your life will be way better if you learn how to say no. Say no to lukewarm relationships, lukewarm obligations. Say no to as much as you possibly can. Because really when something is brought to you, it should either be a hell yeah or hell no. And, and really anything that doesn't fit in that, anything that's sort of like, yeah, I can kind of do it or yeah, maybe, it's probably not the best thing in the world. You will save so much time and so much effort by saying no to things. You will be really stoked at the end of this year if you're able to do that. And another thing to, to say no to as well is to say no to like self-inflicted abuse. So what I mean by that is like beating yourself up about failures, beating yourself up about the past and what we just talked about. Start saying no to that stuff. Start saying like, hey, look, I'm not going to... 
accept that in my life right now. I don't need to, I don't deserve to, so I'm not going to. So say no to lukewarm stuff, uh, obligations in certain relationships that don't serve you anymore, but also say no to that self-abuse stuff too, because I think that'll that'll take you um, way further than, than if you don't. And then finally, say no to, say no to wasting time, right? So I'm sure you've got friendships uh, or relationships that waste your time. I know I do. And, and I'm working on it. And I think you should too, is work on saying no to those because, um, you know, either waste time for the sake of wasting time. Don't, don't let anyone else waste your time. So say no in those circumstances. And what I'm, you know, part of what I mean by that is like, look, if I want to go sit on the beach for an hour and do nothing, right. Some people might call that quote unquote wasting time, but maybe I'm resting. Maybe I had a really long day. Um, in that circumstance, I am going to waste time for the sake of wasting time. But I don't want someone else wasting my time. I don't want to get some random call from somebody who hit me up on LinkedIn saying like, hey, I have a business opportunity for you. You know, Do you want to meet at a coffee place and talk about it? In the past, I would say yes to, that, to those deals all the time, right? I would say yes to so many meetings that, that you know, just didn't make sense. What I do now is I really try to distill it down. If somebody e- emails me that and says like, hey, I want to pick your brain or you know, would you look at this deal or... You know, tell me more about this. I'll try to get them in an email to say like, well, what, what, tell me specifically what you need. When do you, you know, what are you looking for? Do you want my advice on what? Be really specific. Give me questions that I can answer in an email. And I always try to knock it down. If someone starts and they're like, look, can we meet? I go, send me an email of what your, what your questions are, right? If they, if they email me and then they're like, okay, well, why don't we talk on the phone? I'm like, well, let's see exactly what the responses are for the email, what are your specific questions, and then we'll go from there. So meetings, I try not to do, you know, I don't do that many meetings, um, and I try not to do too many phone calls, and I do emails as needed. And I found that in in proactively saying no to a lot of this stuff, it saved a ton of my time, and it's allowed me to do things, uh, because I've had more free time, it's allowed me to do things that I really enjoy. A perfect example of that is this podcast. I've seen my emails go down dramatically over the last year, which has allowed me to do a lot more podcasts and put a lot more thought into this podcast and what I want to achieve in this podcast and come up with topics and people that I want to talk to. Um, and that is a direct, you know, that's a direct result of saying no. So I would say, you know, say no more. So, okay. Anyway, number eight is to determine your mantra for the year. So this is where I'm going to get a little like Tom Cruise, Top Gun, uh, almost Tony Robbins on you. Uh, but don't worry, I'm not going to stay here that long. Is that I really think that every year has a mantra, right? You go into every year with with like just a vibe or a theme or whatever. So figure out what yours is. Typically, mantras are they're only usually a couple of words long. Um, a couple of them are you know, usually two or three words. Most of the time they're verbs. Mine last year or a couple of years ago was build, grow, and grind because I was really focused on building the business. I was focused on growing as a person and I was focused on grind. I realized that like it was going to take a lot of effort. It was going to take a lot of work. Now those words, build, grow, and grind, they're fantastic. And for that year, they were awesome. They were wonderful. They were like great words to use. I think for last year, the words were hero up because I was really focused on doing the first hero up summit. Um, I had written the book and a lot of the marketing and things I were doing were around the term hero up. And it was really uh, both for people around me, but also 
uh, and for you guys, but also for myself personally, for me to hero up and really be the true man that I want to be. So that was my mantra. I still haven't determined my mantra for this year yet. I'm working on it. I'm really close. I'll let you know when I do. But I would su- highly suggest that you've got, that you put together, think about two or three words that will help you through the year and really become your theme and your mantra for the year. Okay. Number nine is to focus on, uh, focus on, excuse me, focus on success, not perfection. I've talked about this before, but I think it's really key. And I'm going to mention it again. You're probably going to get so sick of me here, hearing me say this, but success is what we're shooting for, not perfection. I mean, look at this podcast right now, right? Like, so <clears throat> you see me bopping in and out of the frame if you're watching the video. I'm sure the audio is good, but it's probably not 100% perfect. But I'm looking for success. I'm looking to give you guys this message. I'm recording it right now in my office. I'm not really too worried about the background on the video, although you can see a surfboard and you can see Tom Brady and you can see Buddha, which is kind of an interesting amalgam of, of, uh, of items. But anyway, focus on success, not being perfect and not perfection. One of the nice things about focus on success is it allows you to fail. It allows you to fail a lot, but then it also gives you the opportunity to learn from those failures and really have success in mind and not perfect. Let other people be perfect, okay? I've got plenty of people around me who are focused on trying to be perfect. I'm never going to be that guy. And I don't think you should. Your hair's never going to look perfect all the time. You're never going to be dressed to the way you're always going to look perfect. So why bother trying, right? Just go for success. It's way easier and it, 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 will, it will cause you a lot less headache overall. And along those lines, when you're focusing on success, start thinking about collecting small wins. So small wins are like just small things that happen to you on a daily basis or a weekly basis that you can say like, hey, this is a win. Like if you say like, look, I want to work out four times this week and you end up working out four times this week, that's a win. That's a success. Is it a major one? Did you cure cancer? No, but you worked out four times a week. You hit a goal. So count that as a success. I really believe the more you're able to count your wins, regardless of the size of your wins, the more you start subconsciously conditioning yourself that you're a winner. And that you're someone who is used to success and you're used to succeeding and you're someone who is supposed to be succeeding. So start collecting small wins, okay? Keep focusing on moving upstream and getting more wins and so that as things get harder and harder, um, you've got that muscle memory and you have that within your cells that says like, hey, look, I'm used to being successful. So why wouldn't I be successful in this thing? As opposed to what some people do is when they only count huge wins and they say like, well, no, I usually fail. So hopefully I'm successful in this one, but I'm not used to winning. So I'll just do my best and see what happens. That's the wrong way to do it, in my opinion. The the right way to do it is to collect small wins and get your body used to being successful. Get used to being successful and then you'll find success begets success and you'll just become even more successful. Okay. Number 10 is to get your love life on track. So here's the thing. One through nine are awesome. And I think if you just do one through nine, you can have a very successful year and you'll be very happy. But number 10 is really key because number 10 means that you'll actually enjoy the year even more. 
because it's really hard to be successful and super happy if you're not happy in your love life. Like if your love life isn't going well, you're probably not going to be as happy in the rest of your life. So figure that out because we all need connection. We all need sex. We need someone to sleep with, sleep next to. It's sort of a Freudian slip. We need that connection in our lives, right? So do what you can to be successful in your love life. The easiest things I can tell you to do that, I'm not a therapist, but I can, you know, I've helped plenty of couples with this, but the easiest thing I could tell you is the very first thing to do is if you're not having, if you're, if you feel like you're in a rut or if you feel like your, your relationship hasn't gone as well as you liked, and it's not really on the trajectory you, you would like would be to read the book, the five love languages. That's a great book to read. That's the first thing I would recommend you do is you read the five love languages. It's fantastic. It's, it, I think it's probably the best relationship book you can get. And then the other thing is, 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 is really simple, but sit down with your partner and ask them two questions. Um, and those two questions are, you know, the first one, which is probably the most important one is like, what do you need most of in our relationship? Find out what they need most in your relationship. What you'll be surprised. I think you'd be, I think you'd be completely surprised if you ask this question and find out exactly what your partner needs. It's probably not what you think it is. Um, and then the second question to ask them is what do they need less of? So what do you need most of in this relationship? What do you need less of in this relationship? And if nothing else, if you can kind of do that with your partner and find out what they need, and then you find out what, uh, they find out what you need, I think that will go a long way to making your relationship better. Relationships, in my opinion, come down to two things. They come down to communication and they come down to connection. So there are going to be times where you know, you're trying to connect, but other things are going on around you and you need to kill your phone. You need to stop doing what you're doing. Stop doing the dishes. Stop doing the ordinary crap that we all do in our relationships and just sit there and connect for a couple minutes and figure out how to do that. Every couple connects differently. I've never seen a couple that you know, connects the same way each and every time. So you'll have to figure it out. But I think the two ways to start is to find out what your partner needs most in the relationship, what do they need least of, and then also read that book, The Five Love Languages. So with that said, I'm going to my notes here. Ah. Um, With that said, I think number 10 of Having a strong relationship and fixing your love life really makes one through nine easier to do, and it will really bring a lot more love and a lot more joy to your life for 2018. Um, The last one I'm going to say, so I had 10 steps, but there's one more that I'm thinking of, and that one is is to either sprint or sleep. So what I mean by that is either go full out on something or don't do it all, Okay. I feel like so many people in the world just kind of half-ass stuff and um, and they never empty the tank. They never really go and give it 100%. Like they, they do their, you know, they do a good job, but they don't go all the way. You know, they don't go all the way. And so what I would challenge you to do is to go all the way on the things that you, do, you think deserve you going all the way on, the things that you're passionate on and things that you are... Um, really wanting to achieve. Like if you're interested in writing a book or you're interested in starting a podcast, starting a new job, starting a new gig, go all out on it. Don't stop. Let it consume you. Sprint and just keep going until you need a rest. And then you sleep. 
And I think that that's something, you know, we talked about this at the summit with um, Joe, who we talked about before, who he did a really cool thing at our summit. So at our summit, he was in a job that um, he didn't enjoy as much and his, his side hustle job of being a DJ and being an entertainer uh, was something he was super passionate about. And during the summer, we were talking about it. And I said to him, I said, you know, well, look, like if, you know, you're a young guy, if you were to quit your job or if you leave your job eventually and you start this other gig, you might go five years and find out you don't like it. But who cares? You're so young that you can start all over again if you wanted to. If you wanted to be like a veterinarian, you could go back to school and just do that. And so we talked a little, you know, we are all talking a little bit more about everything. And on the last day, I couldn't believe it. I looked over at Joe and he's, and I said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm quitting my job. I'm texting my boss right now to quit. And I'm going to do this other thing that I've been talking about. And what I, what I really could appreciate about that and what I really loved about that is here's a guy who is so filled with conviction and passion for what he wants to do, which I think many people are, but he took action and he took action and he set his plan in place right away. He didn't wait. He didn't wait. He could have he could have very easily, and no one would have thought anything of it if he if he had waited, but he didn't. He wanted to take action. He wanted to move forward right away, so he did, and he quit his job, and you know, I talked to him last week, and he's loving his new gig, and business is going really well, and he's super happy. He started his podcast, and uh, yeah, he's doing great. You know, someone else at the summit who is a, um, uh, had been in real estate for a while, we talked, and, and you know, we're talking about like why she likes real estate, and it turns out, you know, She's not super passionate about real estate. She just thought it would be like the right thing for her to do. So she's now going to be a yoga instructor and she's going to get her yoga certification because she's super passionate about yoga and rock climbing. And I think that the, and I hope that if not, if you get nothing else out of this podcast, that you, you get the fact that like, if you're super passionate about something, if you really enjoy doing something and it really doesn't feel like work, you should do it. You should do it. Um, I could tell you like podcasting right now, it's three o'clock in the afternoon on the Friday before New Year's Eve weekend and recording a podcast doesn't feel like work. I mean, no one else is, no one else is working. Everyone else is shut down for the week, but this doesn't feel like work. I enjoy doing this. I'm super passionate about it. I love it. So it doesn't feel like I'm doing work at all, which is really cool. So I would tell you that like if you can find something that fits um, your passions like that, then go all out on it, sprint, don't sleep. Um, go full bore on it. So anyway, those are my recommendations for a great 2018. I hope you guys have a fantastic year. Um, I will tell you a couple, there are a couple of books I highly recommend, you know, if you're interested in reading some new things in January, uh, Daily Rituals, and I'll put links to all these in the show notes. Daily Rituals is a great book about uh, a variety of artists and musicians and, um, and what their daily rituals were, like Thomas Wolfe, who wrote Bonfire of the Vanities, one of his rituals was that he used to write all of his novels, he was really tall, so he wrote all of his novels standing up, uh, basically nude in his, in his house, writing on top of his refrigerator. And that's, that was his thing. Um, I can't remember that, I think it was Sylvia Platt, another author, she would like drink like three bottles of wine, stay up all night, and then wouldn't write 
uh, at her house. She had to go get a hotel and she would write in her hotel. So they're just really interesting. It's a really fascinating book because I think it's one of those things where like you read it and you realize, wow, I'm not so weird after all. Like these people are freaking crazy and they were super successful. It really gives you what it gave me was the power to do things the way I want to do them, the power to, to accept the way that I work and that the way I choose to work. So daily rituals, it's awesome. Another great book is called It Takes a Tribe. It's about the guy who started Tough Mudder, the Tough Mudder races, which is similar to a Spartan race. And um, uh, But now after reading his book, I'm, I'm super stoked and super into it and want to do a Tough Mudder uh, over a Spartan. I really think that uh, it's really cool. It just talks about how to build the tribe and how he started his company. It's one of the best business books I've read, and it's which is kind of surprising because I've read so many different business books. And this one was really good, like going from like a startup idea Dropping out of Harvard to go do it. Just fantastic. It Takes a Tribe is great. Um, what's another one that I would think of? Anything by Mark Haskell Smith. You guys might know I'm a huge Mark Haskell Smith fan. Best fiction writer outside of Hemingway that I can that I could ever recommend. He write, he wrote some good stuff. Um, well, Hemingway obviously wrote some good stuff. But Mark Haskell Smith, is. I've had him on the podcast. He's a great guy. And uh, Delicious is great. Raw is great. All yeah, just His stuff is fantastic. I'll put that in the show notes as well. So... And uh, that's it. So I want to thank you guys for listening and checking out the podcast. This is the first one. Please let me know. Uh, send me an email. Please leave a review if you can. And uh, let me know what you think of the video. And if you like the stand-up version of the podcast, it definitely was a lot different because my notes are away from the screen. I've had to look down. Um, but it's really kind of fun just kind of standing up and looking out my window and and, uh, and while, I'm, while, I'm, while I'm talking to you guys. So anyway... I hope you have a great 2018. I'm here for you. If you need anything, please reach out to me. I've got a lot of new exciting stuff coming out, new website coming out, another Hero Up Summit coming, and a coaching program we're going to lay out here soon too. So anyway, have a fantastic start to your year. I'll talk to you soon.